My name is David, and this is The Big Shut-In. It's Thursday, May the 7th, day 54 of lockdown. 54. Man. And today's conversation brings up an interesting dichotomy I've found in the way people are approaching this situation and finding their place in it. I think that some people are leaning back and saying, okay, things are going to be quiet for a while. I'm going to be still. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to find ways to work on myself. I'm going to use this time to do personal projects and artwork, and I'm going to slow down, and that's going to be okay. And that's going to be good even. That, that's where I'm going to find the good in this. But then there's another approach, totally opposite approach, which is to lean into it, lean forward. This is an opportunity for me to, to be aggressive with the situation. Take it by the neck and the horns and make something happen. And the friend that I had on today is definitely of that second camp. His name's Joe Apfelbaum. He's the CEO of Ajax Union, which is a marketing firm based out of Brooklyn. And, you know, in the, in the last episode of this show, Patrick and I talked about a New York phenomenon of the, the brotherhood of the hustle. And Joe may very well be the grand high vizier of that brotherhood. He is a, a hustler of the highest order, which I mean as a compliment. And that's really what he wanted to talk about in this conversation. Joe lives in Brooklyn uh, with his wife and five children. And his wife had been quite sick a few weeks ago with COVID-19. And I thought that's really where the conversation was going to start and stay for a while about what it's been like to deal with that and to be taking care of his family and um, the struggles and strains of that, which, you know, has really been a theme of this show. But... But Joe wanted to talk about business, and he wanted to talk about how he is going to grow his business and make his business work through all of this, come hell or high water. And it was, it was a very interesting conversation. It was a viewpoint and a perspective on how someone might approach these difficulties that I really hadn't heard before. And so, without further ado, I give you Joe Apfelbaum. So... I mean, how, how are you? I, I, there's so many things it seems like you've been dealing with on so many levels as, as we all have. How, how is your wife? First things first. How's she feeling? Recovering. Um, and how, I, I would love to sort of hear about that, what that's been like, how, how it was with her getting sick and what it's been like taking care of her and, and taking care of your kids through all this. It seems like you've been, you've been through the wars here a little bit. I feel, like, this. I feel like, you know, the, the, I feel like this is why I'm here, you know, like often as a father, husband, you don't get to shine. You don't get to take the actions that you need to take in tough times. And I feel like this is the reason, like this is the calling of the entrepreneur. This is the reason that we're here. You know, the attitude determines your altitude. <laughs> so. 
I feel like uh, I'm maintaining a good attitude about it. <laughs> well, you're you're possibly the most enthusiastic person I've ever met. Uh, so if if you're not maintaining a good attitude, I don't know what help uh, there is for the rest of us. But what? How? It seems like she um for it have been through this already. It seemed like it, it happened sort of early, perhaps, in in the outbreak. How did you how did that go down? How did you when when did you sort of become aware that, you know, she probably had this thing? And can you can you tell me that story of kind of how that developed? Well she was kind of uh her having fever. Right? Not normal to have fever and then coughing like crazy. And uh, I was kind of wonder why somebody suddenly having fever every day. Why somebody coughing like that every day? It's not a normal thing. So we went to the hospital to get checked her lungs out, and the lungs are normal. So we're like, okay. Not this, not COVID. And then it started getting really bad. And I got her, you know what a pulsometer is? No. It's something that checks your oxygen level from your finger. You put it on your finger and it tells you what level of oxygen you have in your blood. And if it goes under a certain percentage, it's dangerous. I did research to figure out, okay, how do you know... How do you know if it's dangerous or not? And I found out that if you're under 95 oxygen, then it's dangerous. You got to go to the hospital. So we were monitoring her every day, a few times a day, and then suddenly went under, went under 95. So she went to the hospital, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. And it's COVID. How long ago was this? Uh, it was like three weeks ago. So you're, I mean, I assume you're such a hardworking guy. I assume she's generally the primary child care provider <laughs> in your household, well, we yeah? Do, we do have somebody helping us out in the house, so that makes it easier, bearable. Oh, uh, wow. Cooking, helping us, cleaning, and so on. Not so much cooking, but, like, just, you know, there for the kids, there for, like, doing our stuff, helping us out. Um, so that made it definitely easier. But, you know, the kids are home all day because there's no school. They have some online stuff going on, but it's not the same. So I quickly went to the store, bought them a bunch of devices, Chromebooks, you know. And uh, before they sold out, (laughs) what's funny is you go to the store now, everything is sold out. It used to be that you'd go to a micro center and they would have tons of Chromebooks for $100, like refurbished ones, whatever. Now they have nothing. They're sold out. Like certain things are sold out in the store. There's webcams, sold out. Microphones, sold out. Green screens, sold out. All the stuff that you need for virtual studios are sold out. Toilet paper is sold out. And you know what they have plenty of now? What was that? Gasoline. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of gasoline. There ain't no problem with gasoline. Um, and the price is $1.99 a gallon. Gasoline's on sale now. When nobody needs it, that's what's on sale. Well, that's, um, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, people are like, oh, my God, how'd you deal with it? I'm like... What am I supposed to do, right? You just get up in the morning, make sure your kids are fed, make sure they have everything they need, and just go work. The real issue is that my business is down like 75%. Like all of a sudden, overnight, most of my clients are like, I just don't have a business anymore. So that's where the, uh, 
where the concerns start coming in. And it still didn't even hit me because still living off the accounts receivables from February and March. So. Well, that's, well, that's good anyway. So this is, but you, so, but you see it, the cliff is sort of in place. Like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see that unless we close new deals in the next two months, then we're going to have a very big problem. So what are you doing? So, I mean, how do you, how do you surmount that? So I am doing virtual networking events. I am speaking to doing lots of sales calls, doing lots of email automations. I'm doing a lot of business development. Traditionally, I didn't really do that much business development because we had our clients and everything is fine. And I was kind of like just there adding value for other people. But now like we're in startup mode. I think that entrepreneurs, this is what I see with entrepreneurs, they either get into this mode because they screwed up their business. Like you have to get into this mode somehow. <laughs> you have to create a ruckus somehow. Um, so the ruckus was created for me. So now I have to sit here and solve this major problem I, I may have to start the business over from scratch i may not have any clients in a month i don't know what's going to happen i just got a call from another client today they're like sorry we're pausing like what where did this come from you're in a, you're in an essential business that supposedly is doing well and they're like yeah but we're affected so we're closing down i'm like okay that's strange that's been the amazing even the, laundry, even the laundromat's closed like why is the laundromat closed like not enough volume for closing Okay. I, I the th the thing that's been amazing to me is sort of big institutions, big companies that you'd think would have a big, you know, would be able to sort of coast for a few months and figure things out. You know, we're all laying people off on week two of this. You know, and eight days because, in. It's because they want to survive. They want they they're smart enough. Like I heard from another entrepreneur, he's like. 2008, I waited too long to furlough people. Now I just furlough them instantly. We're not waiting. Not waiting because maybe it'll go away and I want to save the people. No, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm just pausing and that's it. We're done. It's kind of like what an entrepreneur once told me. He said, Joe, the second your client tells you that you're leaving, that they give you a 90-day notice, you basically just fire all the employees that day and the next 90 days you're just making profit. That's what he basically does. He's like, why the hell should I spend on that account if they're leaving in 90 days? I just fire all the employees now. That's the best thing that happens to the business. That's, that's, that's when the account becomes the most profitable. So, you know, you know the business is going to be out of business. You're not going to have anything in a few months. You cut your losses now, and you just basically tighten your belt. And that's why the economy has 33 million people that are on unemployment right now. 33 million, think about that. We went from a 3% unemployment to, I don't even know what the number is, let's call it 10% right now. It's going to be 20 soon. It's, it's astonishing. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that the market's still going up. The market is completely not correlated with what's going on, but people say, you know, the worst we haven't seen yet because Q2 numbers haven't come in yet. And like me, in the real world, I'm living off... February. I'm living off March. I'm not living off April yet. Come June and July, unless I close some big deals, we're going to have a problem when the PPP money comes out, when the PPP money runs out, when the IADL money runs out, if I don't close deals. If coronavirus and they extend the deadline from May 15th to June 1st to July 1st, I mean, 
I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. Are you, have you been laying people off? No, I can't hire somebody. I'm very bullish. I think that when things open up, our business is going to be better than ever. I didn't lay anybody off. I hired a new person. I think it's going to be great. We're in a good cash position as a business because we did some really great things over the past three years. We downsized and we optimized and we create systems and processes and pulled in the right clients. So we're in a good position as a business. We did some really smart things over the past couple of years that helped, it's helping us be able to, to be able to manage the craziness right now, but we're not going to be able to manage it forever. Some people that are running on smoke, we have a real issue now because they were running on smoke. Those companies are already out. Running on smoke or doing something that exists completely in the in the physical realm. I mean, I think you and I are both lucky that we we deal in the digital. You know that that we deal in uh, in services that exist online. Um, Everybody has to figure out a way to pivot, even if you're in a business that's essential. Yeah, got to figure out a way to pivot to the new norm. Because every human being is going to be acting differently moving forward than they acted in the past. People are afraid. People are scared. People are not going to restaurants like they used to. Some people will, but most people will. Hotels, casinos, no. airlines. No. I mean, all the normal things. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not an airline. Things are not happening the same. Things are not going to happen the same way that they were happening in the past. Not a chance. I mean eventually, eventually we'll get back to normal, won't we? No, I don't think it'll ever get back to normal. I don't think it'll ever be normal. I don't think we'll ever have a normal again. I don't think it's possible for us to be back to normal because people have been affected in a way they're traumatized forever. Things are never going to be exactly the same that they were. They're going to be different forever. I mean, people are going to be affected. They're going to be behaving differently. Consumer behavior is going to be different than ever. You know, I think people are going to go back to malls or people are going to get more used to shopping on Amazon. People are going to get more used to shopping on Amazon. This is a new behavior. I don't want to touch this. I don't want you to breathe on me. No one's going to take an Uber pool the way they used to take an Uber pool. People are going to want to be social distancing from now on. Don't look at me. Don't breathe on me. Don't touch my food. You know, I'm talking to a caterer. He said the new thing... The new thing is, is the safety. His new message is safety, food safety, special packaging. That's the new thing. That's the new competitive advantage. Ultimately, people buy based on emotion. So what are the fears of the people? The fears of the people are, are going to be that we're not going to have customers. So you have to market a new message. You have to go to companies and say, hey, new message. What's your new message? What's the new message that you're giving people? Because the old message is not working. People don't care about your old message. High quality, customer service. Who gives a damn about customer service? People are dying. <laughs> people care about safety. People care about responsibility. People care about availability. You know, lots of businesses went out. Are you virtual? How are you going to cope? And you know what? A lot of businesses, what's going to happen is, and what I'm seeing is happening now, they're realizing they don't need that many employees. So you thought artificial intelligence is what's going to crush the economy? It's not artificial intelligence, it's a virus. But people have to do something, right? Like if everybody goes lean, nobody's hiring anyone. What's going to happen is it's going to become a little more socialist. I mean, it's going to have to become a little more socialist. 
And, you know, people, the people that want to live a really good life are going to have to be entrepreneurial. You're going to see, you're, you're already seeing this, more entrepreneurs than ever before. More people getting out of their comfort zone. Most people still have jobs. You know, they say, oh, it's so terrible, there's a 20% unemployment rate. I'm like, dude, that means 80% of people are still working. Like, why don't you talk about that? Why don't you talk about the fact that most people have jobs? People are just, you know, I was, I was listening to an economist today. You know what he said? He says, ladies and gentlemen, people don't have a way to spend their money now. You want to spend your money? Go. How are you going to spend it? What are you going to do? What are you going to buy? You're not going to a restaurant. What are you, what are you, you're not going to the mall. You know, you're not, you're not going to buy a new car now. What are, what are you doing? How are you spending your money? We gave you all this money, right? We gave you stimulus money. What are you going to do with it? Buy essentials? Great. Now what? Everybody, look at your credit card bill. Are you spending less now than you spent last month? Of course you are. Everyone sure. is. Yeah. No one's buying gas. They ain't going nowhere. No one's buying restaurant stuff. I mean, I, my grocery bills are cut in half. I'm not randomly buying stuff that I used to buy. This is the, the reality of what's going on right now. People are spending less money. Even the supermarkets are suffering. Everybody's suffering. Everybody's taking a hit. Everyone except Amazon. I mean, they're... <laughs> but Believe it or not, I don't know how profitable Amazon is because they're not... They're selling stuff, but... The revenue might be going up, but I don't know if their profit's going up. Yeah, the, the hustle's tough right now, you know? I'm I'm having trouble finding my way into aggressive... Aggressive is not the right word, but to, to be actively marketing, to be actively selling now feels crass you know it feels yeah crass. it does for most people um it feels crass to be marketing right now but you know what people need your services so you're not doing them a service if you're not teaching if you're not educating if you're not doing webinars if you're not calling people and asking them how they are you're doing them a disservice because of your own fear you have yeah. a fear that you don't want to offend somebody marketing is about offending people Dan Sullivan said, if you haven't pissed anybody off by noon, you're not marketing hard enough. Mm. So, yeah, you're going to upset some people. How dare you market yourself? In new what do you mean? I have a family to feed. So what's your plan? What's your plan for the next, for the next couple of months as you get ready to build a bridge over that cliff you see coming? What are you going to Well, my plan is to leverage the very unique time that we have right now to touch base with every single person that I haven't touched base in a decade with. So they can set up calls for like Q2, Q3, Q4. Now you have a unique opportunity to call any CEO that you haven't spoken to in forever, do a quick five, 10 minute catch up call and say, hey, why don't we touch base again in November when things open up? And they'd be totally fine with that. You can see up calls and fill up all your entire pipeline for November, December, January, February, whatever. Fill it up now. Because they're all at home and no one's, and everyone's afraid to market themselves. Yeah, or they're available. And people are not thinking about that. Now's a very unique opportunity. Get on a quick call, check in, send a couple DMs, and then follow up later with a sales message when things open up. Do you, is it, do you find it hard to, to maintain that kind of pace of, of, a slower, of a slow burn, set up a meeting, set up a call when you feel... Is it hard to not feel a certain desperation when you, when you have that much of a drop in sales? And, and well, it, it, you know, not not take the long, not play the long game. 
If I had a cash issue, it would be very hard. If I didn't have any money in the bank at all and I couldn't pay my employees, it would be really hard. But I have a PPP loan. I have the IEDL thing. I still have receivables coming in. I don't feel desperate. I don't feel, I don't feel desperation yet. I, I might in June. I might in July. Things might get really, really bad. But right now, I don't need to do that. Well, what would you what would you say to someone who's um, who's scared, and a, a small business owner say who's scared, who's depressed, anxious, not sure what the next step is? I'm going to ask them a couple of questions. Are you exercising? Are you eating right? Are you sleeping? Are you taking care of yourself? If you're not, you're, you're going to allow the fear to diminish you. Fear is false evidence that appears real. So you can't predict the future. And if you think you can, you're pretty egotistic because nobody can predict the future. No one knows if the stock market is going to go up or down. No one knows this pandemic will be over in two weeks and then we'll just go right back to normal like a hockey stick. And all this will just be a blip or this will last for another year. Nobody knows. So recognizing that you have fear, it's okay to have fear, not okay not to take action. Because you need to have courage during this time. You've got to be a leader. Courage is action in spite of fear. I've been preparing for this moment for a long time, developing myself, reading books, working on my mindset. Personal development is not when times are good. That's not what it's there for. Personal development is there when times are bad. What have you done to prepare yourself for this? Were you consciously preparing yourself for a time of crisis, or are you just feeling that, oh, now this is where... The rubber's hitting now the I can utilize it, right. I wasn't preparing myself for a time of crisis. I was, I was constantly improving myself, but I didn't feel like I needed it ever. Now I feel like I really need all these things that I learned. Tony Robbins, Landmark, reading all these books, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. All the skills that I've learned over the past several years in my search and my hunger for personal development, I had no idea why I needed it. Why do you have the thirst for it? Now I know why. Because when times get really, really tough, like now, family, relationships, business, all the things, really, really tough. Now you need a good mindset. Now you need a growth mindset. Now you need to be strong for your employees. Because my employees are scared. Yeah. For other leaders, some of them are super scared. They don't know what to do with themselves. And I'm motivating them, inspiring them, connecting with them, giving them ideas. Yeah. You're a pretty smart guy. And you do some pretty unique stuff. And there are well, plenty you. of people with money right now that have no idea what to do with it. And they'd be happy to give it to you if you just offered it, offer them an opportunity. This is a beautiful time. We get to connect with people virtually. We get to do bar mitzvahs and bas mitzvahs through Zoom. We get to do circumcisions through Zoom. You get to connect with... <laughs> well, somebody's, somebody's got to be in the room for a circumcision, I think. I know, but the whole family comes together through Zoom. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I feel more connected to people now than I've ever been because, you know, there's something unique and different about virtual connections. What, what do you think that is? You, different senses. You don't take it for granted. Different level of attention. You know what I love about virtual meetings? You don't have to travel. 
<laughs> I can do sure. research while I'm meeting the person, and I can kind of be more more in their world. I can look up their LinkedIn. I can check out what they're doing while I'm having a conversation with them. I could research them. I research the economists. So if I went to a seminar and I sat there, I'd be I wouldn't be paying as much attention. But now I feel like I could pay more attention because I can do other things related to that to bring my my whole psyche into it. Taking notes. If I need to step away for a minute, I don't feel pressure like, oh my God, I have this other thing going on. Well, listen, man, I know I know you you've got a million things. Um so I'll 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 let you go, but I, I appreciate you talking to me, man, and I do, and I and I really wish you luck. Um Thank you. I, I think it's I gonna think... be great. I think everyone's gonna need digital marketing, everyone's gonna need LinkedIn training, and the world is is uh is going to move into a place where people rely more on the things that me and you do. My name is David Hoffman, and this is the big shut in. I produce the show. Post-production by Stephen Delaro. It's a production of Race Car Radio. If you have feedback for me or a story that you would like to tell on the show, please feel free to reach out. The Big Shut In at racecarradio.com. Race Car Radio is a division of Citizen Race Car.